Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 The Yakuza Kick Radio. This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. That there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m. Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night, this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Spirited Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you didn't. Now look at that guy, you homie. Fuck that. Black me. This bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. It is Wednesday, October 28, 2015. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J.K. Morris. Um, I was, you know, off uh, last week. I, uh, you know, planned on doing the show, and then, uh, you know, some stuff came up and I uh, wound up not doing the show. I was going to do it later in the week, wound up not doing that. Um, you know, a bunch of different things uh, came about. So, uh, yeah, here I am to do it tonight. Um at 9.30, I will be having on none other than Deathmatch legend Madman Pondo. Um, it's going to be a little bit on the difficult side. Um, you know, hopefully actually smooth, but only I could say difficult because um, I've never tried this method of uh, calling 
the show. Um, he he wants me to call him, and for whatever reason, the uh, blog talk is not cooperating cooperating with me as far as the uh, calling through the site. So I'm going to try a three-way call on my phone, therefore putting us all on, and um, you know, should be good. Um, just never done it before, so I'll I'll do what I can, and hopefully everything will work smoothly. I got a ton to ask uh, Pondo. I had Pondo on briefly for um, he wanted to come on. Um, he was just looking for any every and every any podcast to uh, expose a promoter that um, you know, did some shady stuff and stole some money and stuff. So I had him on a little while ago, probably a year or two ago, just for that. You know, just to uh, you know, help him you know put someone on blast and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I, I didn't really get into anything with him because that was the only reason he was on. Um, so I'm really looking forward to having him on today. Um, and uh, it's it should be very, very entertaining. The guy's been around forever. And um, I'm excited. Um, so a lot of stuff going on with me or has gone on with me since our last show. Um, I did Tough Mudder. Um, Tough Mudder was uh, my last obstacle race of the year, thus making me 10 obstacle races, uh, not 10, Jesus, seven obstacle races this year. Um, I did uh, all three Spartans. I did the Badass Dash the prior week. I did um, the uh, Rugged Maniac, Battle Frog, and and the Tough Mudder. I think that's seven. Unless I missed one, but either way, I know it's seven that I did, and um, yeah, I was I was very happy with uh, you know completing my uh, my race season the way that I wanted to. Um, well, I mean, it wasn't an easy race. Um, first first half of it was actually pretty easy. This is a ten plus mile race. Uh, Tough Mudder likes to they're very big on the water and the mud and all that stuff, and they always seem to run at least around here. They always seem to run around October. Uh, they had one that they were setting up for November in Jersey, and I'm sure it's still going on, and that's in Jersey City. Um, I was not down to do that. I had originally planned on doing that one, but I just I don't like anything about this fucking cold weather racing stuff. I just don't. I'll take, you know, on a mountain in the, in the dry, hot summer. You know, I'll take that shit any day of the week. Um, I'm... I'm a summer type cat, you know? Um, so I don't like this, you know, fucking wet and cold stuff. That shit, it fucks with you, you know? And, and sure enough, so I was doing this race and, you know, I've done these Spartan races where it's 13 miles on a mountain. The, the Spartan beast was the first, uh, race that I did this year. And it was 13 miles on the fucking mountain in Vernon, New Jersey. And, man, I'm telling you, that that's brutal shit, man. Up and down that mountain, the elevations are insane. Um, one thing that Tough Mudder basically doesn't do is they generally don't do mountains. This was in the uh, Brandywine Valley in uh, Pennsylvania. So it was kind of like rolling hills, but it wasn't, you know, wasn't anywhere near like the, the inclines of a fucking ski mountain that, he, uh, that the, the Spartan races always work on. So, you know, elevation-wise, it wasn't any big deal like that. Um, so you would think having done a 13-mile mountain race and stuff like that, my legs would have been fully ready to take this. The only thing I can contribute it to is the cold. 
I, I think the cold is the one contributing factor that, that changes everything and really fucks with your muscles. So first half of the race, not bad. Actually, really smooth. Uh, I, didn't expect, um, I didn't expect this one to be easy at all. Uh, first half of the race, I was actually surprised on how easy it was. Um, I don't know if mentally that I let my guard down or something like that. I really don't know. But um, second half of the race got a lot fucking harder and a lot colder. And um, it just, you know, just really started to fuck with me. Um, so I actually fell for the first time in a race that I've ever, you know, I've never fell. I've, you know, done a million things where I almost broke my ankle. You know, you almost turn your ankle and you catch your balance and all, you know, all as well. Um, stumbled, obviously, you know, but I've never actually fell, fell, you know what I mean? So this was the first, uh, I was towards the end of the race, probably eight miles in to 10 plus mile race. And, um, I was coming down a hill and my one calf completely locked up. Well, I mean, if you're coming down a hill and one of your legs stops working, you're going down. I mean, there's unless you're able to take flight, I mean, uh, you're fucking going down. And, uh, that, that's what happened. So, you know, landed on my knee, fucking banging my shit up, um, tore my fucking tights, uh, the whole nine. Yeah, I had to really stretch my calf out because it, it didn't want to fucking move. Um, you know, it was just clenched, locked up and that shit hurts. Um, calf is just really fucked up and just, um, for pretty much the second, the last two miles of the race, I pretty much had to walk. Um, but, you know, these races, these uh, tough mutters aren't timed. They're the only race that I do that's not timed. So it's more or less just about finishing. And uh, yeah, I wanted to make sure I finished, and sure enough, I finished. So, yeah, that that was that. But that was fucking rough, man. I, uh, like I said, I, I never fell on a race before, so that, that sucks. And, um, yeah, I finished, but it was fucking, it was brutal, man, because the cold, uh, because it's a valley, it's not really, uh, too woodsy, eh, a little, little bit of a woodsy patch, but nothing, uh, you know, too guarded, so for the most part, when that wind was going, it was hitting you, it was going through you, so, um, cold shit, um, you know, I had touched on, as far as the obstacles and everything else, and, you know, they had, uh, threatened with tear gas and all this nonsense, well, just want to, you know, put out there right fucking now. That shit was not remotely even close to tear gas. I've never experienced tear gas, but believe me, tear gas would be completely ineffective if this is all it was. This was like, um, like a, like Vicks vapor rub in mist form. You know what I mean? Like you had to crawl through this thing in the water. You know, you went under this like kind of tented off thing so they could pipe in the shit. And uh, you kind of had to crawl through the water and then, like, up over, like, a bale of hay and then back down into the water and, you know, continue to crawl. And uh, what they were pumping into there, like I said, I had my eyes open. I was being cautious about breathing because I didn't know what it was going to be, you know, what it was all about. And um, that's the best I could describe it is, is like, like fucking a mist form of Vicks Vapor Rub. It didn't bother me in the slightest. You know what I mean? So right away, you know, like, I'm not going to come out of there and be like, oh, I've survived tear gas. Tear gas ain't shit. Like, no. I, I'm going to go ahead and say that um, that's not tear gas. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it was their, their threat and their little, uh, you know, it, it looks good on paper. 
sure looks good on paper to say uh, we got tear gas, but that's clearly not the case. The um, the Arctic enema, as they call it, still fucking sucks quite a bit. What they had in the past, and what that is, is it's like a dumpster, like a line dumpster that's filled with ice water. And um, in the past, what you had to do is you had to climb down into it, you know, you'd be at an even level with the top of it, climb down into it. You know, you climb up a little ladder, whatever, get down into it. Uh, they'd have a board in the middle that you more or less had to go under. So you'd have to submerge completely and then, uh, you know, come up the other side and then climb the fuck out of the dumpster. Your whole body just goes into shock. So that's always been, uh, one of my least favorite obstacles on Tough Mudder. Like they love that shit. But, um, this year they did it differently. They uh, modified it. They like to always change up their obstacles and stuff. And um, this year they did it where it was kind of like a slide and a chain link fence that was like uh, like two feet above the slide, you know, but, um, you know, parallel with the slide. So you just, you had to go under the chain link and that would keep you on the slide and you just slide down into the ice ship. Uh, this time, there was no going under, so you just had to climb over the board in the middle. And um, I, I can tell you, though, like, that shit didn't help as far as, like, the shock. I mean, it still fucking hits you like a ton of bricks. And, um, yeah, that changes your body temperature for the fucking day. Like, uh, you don't really recover from that. Uh, you do as far as your whole body going into shock and being stiff and shit like this. But, um, you, uh, you know of the day like i really think it brings your body temperature to a point where it, it doesn't fully recover i mean you could really run and get your body going but for some reason uh, i don't know i think that just changed the game so um yeah it sucked like i said uh, i finished it so now i'm uh i'm up to three tough mutters that i've i've completed and uh like i said seven races on the year you know i've accomplished a bunch this year so then um my knees and legs were fucked for for the week. I had a hard time walking around, like, you know, right. Um, and, uh, you know, my knee, more or less, was just really banged up. And um, so got myself back going, whatever. Um, by the, the following weekend, which was this past weekend, I um, was feeling good, you know, as far as walking and all that. I had a, a 5K, just a regular 5K race that I had planned to do for my job. Uh, they Once a year they do, it's like a run in the pines for the canines or some shit they call called. And, um, you know, just a straight up 5K. So that, I, I had planned to do that before work. So I would go into work late because I would run the 5K, then I'd go into work late. So that that's what I did. Um, I went out there and I ran a 24-minute and change 5K. Pretty fucking good for me. Um I'd say my best 5K to date, and which is crazy because I haven't run trained at all this year. I um I, I gym trained my ass off, but I haven't run trained at all this year, which I really need to fix next year, um, and not fix next year. Like start training back towards it this year once I get my fucking back straight, um, because my run training was just fucking not up to par, and um, but despite that. I uh, I did that shit, and I came in first in my uh, my age group, which I've never done before. I've never came in first in anything that I've ever raced. So to come in first in my age group, you know, and then the 30 to 40 age group is a pretty tough age group. Um, they even said that when announcing me as a person in my age group, that it's a tough age group. 
which uh, they didn't say about any of the other age groups. So, um, yeah, I felt really good about that. I was really, really proud of that. And, um, you know, just going to continue to improve from there. My legs felt great. I didn't feel held back at all by my legs. My lungs did not feel great. Um, So it was just, just pushing myself against my lungs. And I really think if I run trained, I'd get my lungs fucking used to it. You know, I'd get my youngs, my youngs, my lungs built up and fucking able to really endure that shit and, and last longer. So I think if I run trained, I could really take home a fucking way bigger time and bigger, uh, you know, accomplishment as far as the, like those little five Ks. And obviously in my bigger races where I could really just fucking blaze and pick up some time when I had some straightaways and, you know, those little woods runs that I'm able to do. Um, so anyway, I was, I was excited about that, but so I, I ran the 5k, I went to work, worked all day, left work, went to the gym. I don't know if all of that shit combined and having, you know, two obstacle races, two weeks in a row prior to that weekend, it was just adding up on me or what? That night I felt all right. You know what I mean? Killed it in the fucking gym. So Sunday being my only day off, and it was also a training day on my schedule. Just happened to fall that way, so I had Saturday and Sunday training. So I I slept in, like, late as fuck because it's my only day off. And, again, everything I put in work-wise and and training-wise and running and all that shit the day before, I feel like I, um, you know, I just, just needed to sleep. I probably slept for fucking 10 hours or something like that. At least. And then, um, so when I got up, I said, all right, I had to run, go get uh, hay and duck food and stuff like that. When we got back from there, I said, all right, I got to get my shit together. I got to go hit this gym, get this training in. And then I, I got a bunch of other shit to do when I get home. I went in there. Um, I started doing a little bit of stuff. I had my shoulder stuff to do. And um, I started doing um, delt raises. And I had uh, bent over delt raises and regular you know, side delt raises and um, and front delt raises. And I had to do all those. And um, I, I'm not able to use, like, a ton of weight for those uh, delt raises. So I started off, I did four sets of warm-ups with, with the 10 pounds, right? 10-pound weights. Fucking did those. So 10 reps, four sets of each each kind, right? So I did all that. And then I moved up to 20-pound weights to do my working sets. I do one set of fucking bent-over delt raises, and I go to get into my second set, and I just feel a sharp fucking pain in my lower back. I'm like, fuck. I, that was it. I mean, I've thrown this shit out before and just, just fucking did it again. And it, it was like, fuck. I, as soon as I, I did it, I fucking knew. And I was like, fuck, man. And I, And I just... So I I left off the rest of my fucking delt raises because I was like, you know, I'm not going to go directly out, which just hurt me. I fucking tightened my fucking weight belt. I went down and I did um, the behind the neck military presses with the, with the barbell. And um, cause I had that on my agenda and it just like, it fucking hurt a lot, but I did my couple sets of those. And then I was just like, fuck, man. And I just, I just fucking took it home. That was it. I was like, I, I knew I was fucked. So I was like, motherfucker, man. And um, sure enough, by Monday, my back was fucking crooked, like fucking sideways, like, like the letter C and shit. 
like, um, you know, it looks like I'm leaning to the side and shit. And um, that that's how I'm standing straight. And it's fucked up, man. So, you know, I went to the chiropractor and they, they, you know, they do some things and loosen it up. But the shit is just fucked up. And I got to keep going back there just to get the shit straight. Because I've done it before and, and that's exactly what, you know, I've needed in the past. And I'll get it straight. But, man, this shit hurts to fucking operate at all. Like, just to, just to function. So, you know, can't really do much. And I, I worked Monday. Uh, took off Tuesday because the shit was just too bad. And then I went back to work today. And the shit's brutal, man. So, um, yeah, I'm going to get it back right. I'm just going fucking nuts now. Because I just I just finished all my races. I'm heading into this fucking off season. I'm all about just going fucking full force now. And, like, let's see how much fucking stronger and better and badder I could get before next fucking uh, you know, race season gets here, and I'm in a rush to do it, you know what I mean, I, I'm trying to get at it, and, um, you know, it was just, bam, fucking hit the brakes as soon as it's fucking, uh, you know, I got to look at it on the positive side, at least my race season was over, um, the one year I threw my back out like this, and I had Tough mutter the next week, so I went in the fucking chiropractor like four or five times like that week going into it, and then just fucking did it, and I ended up being all right, but I don't know, maybe it's worse this time, but, um, yeah, it fucking sucks. And then, um, so yeah, that's that. I'm fucking, uh, doing everything I can to get myself back right. Um, you know what? Last week, or last, uh, two weeks ago, when I did the, uh, review on the, uh, Tangled Web show, it's funny because if I had to pick a match of the night, obviously, you know, that, um, the Tangled Web match was just bananas. So, you know, the gimmicks and all that, you generally, don't even count that when you're talking about match of the night because it's not really fair. Like, if you start talking about match of the night and then you pick the one that's like the same thing with like a cage of death, you don't go like match of the night. Oh, uh, you know, most of the time you're going to go cage of death if you do include that. So, I usually leave that shit off if, if you're going like match of the night thing. If I'm going match of the night though for that show, I'd probably go JT Dunn, David Starr. The two of them fucking killed it. Um, they had a, you know, the big feud lead in. And um, it's funny because that's the one match I actually forgot to add into my review. I don't know why. I know I was using the site to read off for reference, so I don't know if I just missed it on a line there or if they didn't. I don't know what happened. But my apologies for that because it it definitely was, in my opinion, my favorite match of the night. Um, Yeah, it was stiff as fuck. You know, these dudes legitimately do not like each other anymore. Um and and it was good shit. Um, you know, a match like that, I definitely like to see more of it. I know that they don't want to continue to do that because, you know, it's kind of a real deal, so they don't want to stay, uh, you know, quote-unquote married to each other in the ring. But, um, yeah, th- this was really good shit. So I recommend uh, you check that out. I don't know how because, um, like I said, the filming from CZW is fucking horrendous. So if you'd like to watch a good match between um, – David Starr and JT Dunn through an Etch-A-Sketch or a fucking um, a Viewmaster, then, um, you know, I guess you can go pick that shit up on um, iPay-Per-View replay shit because that's what they're putting out there now. It's just like fucking Viewfinder fucking garbage. Um, you know, maybe you could find some jerk-off in the crowd that, like, fucking taped it with their phone and has better footage than CZW does, but um, I, I don't know. Um but anyway, oh, um, 
speaking of that, next week my guest is going to be JT Dunn. So I'm I'm pretty excited about that. Um, and, uh, you know, um, should be good to talk to him. Uh, the last time I had him on, it was JT Dunn and David Starr, and they were doing the juicy product thing. And I, and I really, really hated that interview. Um, I, I said it, I've said it many a time since then, but you know, it was just too kayfabe and goofballish, and um, I, I just don't like the uh, the kayfabe. I, I don't like when when the gimmick is played and it, and nothing is taken seriously, and it's you know, and having fun is fine. But if you can't even talk to the dudes like like normal guys, then then it's not really worth doing to me. You know, there's a lot of other shows that love that shit, so. You know, but, um, you know, I've had David Starr on since then and able to talk to him like, you know, normal, regular, good stuff. And um, I, I enjoyed that. So I'm looking forward to doing the same thing with JT Dunn next week. Um, uh, and then shortly after, you know, we're going to be talking a lot about uh, Jersey All-Pro coming up. They're doing their anniversary show slash tribute to Fat Frank. And um, it, it's going to be really, really big. Rawway, New Jersey, on the 14th of November. Um, I mean, go out of your way to see this show. Uh, I've been telling people left and right. Got a couple people that bought tickets since I told them. And um, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a big, big show. So, um, yeah, that, that's pretty much that. I got, um, what the fuck else? Uh, let me see. Uh, I only got a couple more minutes before I call Pondo. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, let me see if I got a track that's going to take me to a decent amount of time before that. And uh really hope this goes smoothly as far as the, uh, the calling situation. All right, let me see. What the fuck? This uh, soundboard thing is ridiculous. You put something in, if you refresh the screen, it files shit however it wants to. All right. Um, all right. Let me let me uh, some fifty. That's the sound of the man talking that thing, that thing. That's the sound of the man clapping that thing, thing. Hey, Yo, not to say who shot you yeah. Flash, you heard the shot You feel it burning, I got you uh-huh. Say pray for me if you care for me Cause I'm on the edge I'm finna put a shell nah, on the nah. nigga head I rock a lot of ice, I dare you to scheme on it The fifth got a rubber grip and a beam on it uh-huh. Homie, they took the hit on me Couldn't shoot, they say I'm skinny now But I look big in the coupe My cousin Uzi out in L.A. Been tripping through the sets again I shot the fuck up, trying to rob the wrong Mexican I write my lifestyle, your niggas is cheaters your lines come from feds, fellas, and Don D. Oh, you the black hand of death, then why your name ain't preacher? If you a pimp like Ken, why the hoes don't treat you? You want to ball like Kirk, now shorty let me teach you. This clothes God sent, it's bound to be problem, child. I'm familiar with problems, I know how to solve them. Semi-automatically a trade, revolve them. Shoot them up, rob them, and the hoes be starving. You don't want problems, problems, child. Taking the man's life uh-huh. I'm in debt with Christ I done did that twice I'm nice Y'all niggas can't hang with 50 Black Y'all niggas can't bang with 50 Way on the rhyme There's a shell in the nine Face stone in the cross There's a bitch I toss 
see the wounds in my skinny from the wall call. Yeah. Check CNN for the wall call. Get back. See the drama got me riding with a sort off shoddy. Catch that the light, I blow your ass off to the cotty. Man, niggas ain't gonna do me like Sammy Degatti. I do it myself. I don't need no help. Give me a knife. I get rid of your neighborhood bully. Give me a minute. I take a fucking car with a pulley. See, the hood is the deep to stole my innocence young. Niggas jumped me because they couldn't beat me one-on-one. Problem child. All right, uh, I'm going to end that a little early. I think I do have on my guest at this time, and deathmatch legend, Madman Pondo. What's going What's on, up, man? J-Cat? How's it going? Good, good, man. Uh, been wanting to have you on for a while. i got a ton of stuff to ask you. Uh, you've been doing this forever, man. When did you get into this? Uh, I started wrestling in 89, but it just didn't seem like it was going anywhere, you know. I, I wrestled for five or six years, and and uh, I was really smart back in the day that I knew that you had to make some ways to become something in this business. And that's when uh, I was doing a lot of tape trading, uh, if you know what that is. Do you know what tape trading is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tape trading is, uh, back in the day, it was really popular, uh if you had something somebody else would want, you would send it to them. They would send you stuff. Well, I got a hold, a hold of a bunch of Japanese stuff and, uh, you know, Puerto Rico stuff where all these uh, where all these death matches was going on, and I, I loved to remember them. So I chased around uh, Ian Rotten after I found out that he quit or got fired, whoever you talked to, out of ECW, and... Uh-huh. Uh, I showed him, you know, that this is what I wanted to do, and I've been doing them ever since, mutilating my body for the entertainment of others. Yeah. Um, what was your inspiration for wanting to get into it? Like, who were you looking at that you wanted to go and do that style? The cool thing about that is my inspiration was Masanaga versus Mr. Pogo, and now uh, Masanaga, he gave me the wristbands, the wing wristbands, and told me to call myself the American Danger Man. And Mr. Pogo, every time I come to Japan, wants me to work for his company. So I would say that I have uh, totally met the two guys that that helped me want to do death matches and impress them enough that, you know, they feel like I'm on the same level as they are. Uh, How would you come up with the Pondo character? Uh, Um, because I've been going to wrestling ever since I was a little kid, and I was always, always more impressed with the crazier guys like Abdullah, the Sheep Herders, Bruiser Brody. So I wanted something in my name that, you know, signified that I was crazy. And everything was taken but the the madman. So I I already knew that I was going to be a madman. And then in high school, my nickname was Pondo because there was a movie called The Party Animal and there was a seven-year college student in there named Pondo that had trouble getting laid, so they would call me Pondo. So it was either get used to the name or fight all the time, so I just decided to get used to the name, and I just put them together, Madman Pondo. Um, Now, you know, a big staple of your arsenal has been the stop sign, you know, throughout. How did... How did that all come about, and how did the stop sign stick as being your thing? I was using a trash can lid, and uh, I was at a show one time, and two little kids, I mean, probably eight and nine, said, hey, Pondo, watch us, and they started hitting each other with 
in the head with the trash can lid, and I thought, well, this is not, you know, because I've been knocking grown men out with this thing, you know. So I <laughs> yeah. had to figure out something the same shape that was harder to get that would still do the same thing, and that's where the stop sign came in. Uh, is that a hard thing to travel with? Uh, not really. Fans give them to me everywhere I, I go. I, uh, I've i never stolen one. That way I can always pass a lie detector test if I have to. And, uh, you know, it's, it's worked out for me. I've even traveled other countries. Every other country I've went to, you know, I, I tape them up and, uh, in two pieces of cardboard. And, and so far it's worked out pretty good for me. <laughs> nice. Um, you know, I first saw you in CZW. Um, I started going to CZW back 2001, uh, February. You had a big match with, um, there was Lord Everett DeVore and Wife Beater and Lobo. Um, yeah. and then I ended up going back and seeing a bunch of different stuff. Um, you know, the one that stood out was Bloodbath 2000 and you had the match with Ian Rotten and <laughs> it was immediately the deepest cuts I've ever seen in a wrestling match. Um, well, we did that on Can purpose. You... We we wanted the jobs at CZW, and and that pretty well earned them for us right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, what was the discussion going into the match as far as, you know, what these cuts were going to be? And um, uh, that That's exactly what the discussion was. We, we no. We, yeah. We, we wanted to get a job. Uh, we decided to cut ourselves with scissors. But uh, the problem is, Lord Everett gave us brand new scissors right out of the package, and uh, you know, stop right here, you're good. And uh, we didn't know that they was brand new, so they was razor sharp, and that just pretty well cut us, you know, deep, very deep. But it got us jobs, so that's what we wanted. Yeah. Um, how did you actually get into CZW and working with those guys? Well, that's uh, Ian wanted somebody to to wrestle there, and I guess I was the guinea pig. And then they just they just uh, loved me, so they kept me. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was your thoughts on John Zandig going into the company? Uh, I know he wasn't a, the easiest guy to get along with. Yeah, you know. He is a hard guy to get along with, but he is the guy who who put CZW on the map. He had some great ideas that he uh, put out, and uh, CZW is what it is today because of John Zandig. Of course. Yeah. Um, so yeah um, the, the other match I was talking about, the, uh, the, the match you had with Lord Everett DeVore and Lobo and Wife Beater, uh, like I said, I walked in there. It was my first time seeing CZW or anything like it. And, uh, you know, flaming barbed wire tables and the whole nine. You're hitting guys with stop signs. Do you have any memories of that match? Oh, of course. I've got uh, I've got two marks on my arm where I got cut like butter from the, the barbed wire being on fire too long. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I'm brain dead a lot. But, yeah, I got good memories from CZW. Yeah. Um, 
Now, you know, going forward from there, there was a big, big match, and it's funny because, um, you know, the match, uneffing believable, went down in history. And a lot of people actually forget that the main event of that show was not June Kasai and, and Mondo and Justice Payne and Tazir. It was me and Lobo. It was you and Lobo in a no-rope barbed wire match. That, and then that match yeah. went pretty much forgotten. Um, yeah. How hard was it to, to follow that match? Uh, real hard. Like people, like you said, already thought that was the main event. Plus, it took a while to uh, take down the ropes to put the barbed wire up, so people were tired. But by the end of it, I think me and Lobo pulled it off. Yeah, I mean, do you wish that they would have saved that match for another show, or you know, is it all right the, the way it went down? You think? Nah, I'm I'm good either way. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm happy that I was the main event on That's Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was a while before, um, I mean, you, you were in CCW for a while there, and then you were kind of away for a bit. Um, did they just not have anything for you, or what happened? Uh, I was the Ironman champion, and then I uh, I went on tour with ICP, and I think that pissed off the higher-ups at CZW, and that pretty well sealed my fate there for a while. Yeah. Um, so they brought you back later on in a, a tournament of death match. Uh, you were in a couple, but the tournament of death match that you had with Kobe with the uh, with the pencils. <laughs> What's your memory of that one? Phone down. Air Panda. Hold on, let me see. Yeah, uh, I think I might have lost Panda. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, he'll call back in momentarily and uh, get to get back into it. Uh, I think he was out and about. I don't know what's going on. Uh, hopefully, uh, he's got charge on his phone. <laughs> I guess we'll see. But, yeah, um, you know, if you guys remember some of the matches I'm talking about, uh, you know, Pondo's been through war, man. He's uh, done a lot of crazy shit. And, um, you know, he's just kind of like the go-to guy for a lot of these different things. And, um, you know, the one I was about to ask him about was a match where uh, they used a board, like a styrofoam board, and it had pencils all sharpened and sticking straight up through it. And he took something like a something like a DVD into that thing, and uh, just crazy, crazy spot. And uh, let me see if uh, what I can do here. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, like I said, he just kind of dropped off, so. Um, Couple minutes in, but um, but yeah, that um, that first CZW show I went to was definitely uh, shock and awe to say the least, because uh, you know, to walk into the building and see you know the talent that I saw, I was familiar with the back seats. Those guys, uh, you know, put me on to CZW. Um, you had Tajiri and Super Crazy in the building, you know, started off the show tearing it up, doing their thing, and then um. You know, from there they had a, a super crazy at a match with Rick Blade and Nick Mondo in a three-way ladder match. 
and then uh, Justice Payne was wrestling to Jerry later on in the night. So a little bit of familiarity with, uh, you know, those ECW guys and then the backseats who I knew. But then you also added in, like, the Briscoes, the SAT, all guys who I hadn't seen before. They had lower on the card, and, um, man, I mean, they just tore it up. I mean, they were doing stuff out there I never saw before. And it came down to this uh, this hardcore match, and, uh, again, I mean, it, Pondo's hitting uh, Lord Everett DeVore in the head with the, the stop sign, and, um, you know, had the, they had the barbed wire. They set on fire a pyramid of barbed wire tables. Lobo gets thrown off of the referee stand through that stuff by the white beater, and, uh, you know, he's stuck to the barbed wire. I mean, just, just crazy, crazy stuff. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things that definitely stands out. Um, and, uh, you know, just just crazy stuff. That that hooked me. You know, that had me coming back to CZW for uh, a long, long time. And, um, you know, it was, it was guys like Pondo, you know, from the start. Um, shit. Waiting for him to call back in. Uh, I have a feeling his phone died, which I don't know really really know where that leaves me. But um, you know, five minutes into an interview, I don't really know uh, where to go from there. Um, the WWE uh, pay per view thing happened over the weekend. Uh, watched Taker and uh, Brock again, which is really good. That that tuned me in. I haven't watched WWE in a minute, and um, you know, seeing that uh. That lineup right there, you know, with Taker and and Brock, those guys kill it every time. You know, Taker, as old as he wants to be, uh, you know, he, he shows up when it comes to Brock. You know, they had some pretty rough matches with uh, Taker. I'm, I'm trying to think of who he wrestled. Uh, I want to say Triple H a couple of years ago, and it just looked like, man, he's done. He can't work anymore, this and that. Something about Lesnar really made him step his game up, or he knew that, man, he's not going to look like the old guy in this. He's, he's going to step up, and he's going to fight with this guy. And sure enough, man, that's what he does every single time out up against uh, up against Lesnar. He, he goes fucking brawling with him. And uh, Lesnar got busted open pretty bad early. It didn't look like he bladed at all. It really didn't. If he did, fooled me. Um, but it looked like he hit the, the, uh, the post. Because uh, the blood was coming, you know, above his hairline. It was coming out, like, from his hair. And it uh, looked like he busted himself open up there. Um, Taker ended up bleeding, too. I don't know, you know, that that might not have been the uh, the post, so to speak. But, um, man, yeah, they beat the shit out of each other. It was it was good stuff. Uh, they finished it with the, uh, you know, they, they went off the air with uh, Bray Wyatt and those guys carrying him off. I guess they're going back into an Undertaker Bray Wyatt feed, which uh, I didn't even watch Monday. But um, so I, I guess they're going back in that direction. You know, uh, Alberto Del Rio came back in the beginning of the show, won the uh, U.S. belt from John Cena. I'm happy to see Del Rio back. I always liked him. Uh, he's he's in even better shape now. And um, yeah, I always thought he played an excellent heel. He didn't come back as a heel because, you know, you're wrestling Cena. And, uh, you know, with everybody with the Cena sucks and this and that, uh, the crowd is really, you know, big on Del Rio. And, uh, you know, it was a good match. 
regardless of what people say about Cena, that that dude's busted his ass, especially in the past couple of years, up against everybody, you know, any type of athlete. He's been in there with, you know, all the indie darlings, you know, the the, the best actual wrestlers you can possibly find anywhere. And he's had competitive matches with all these guys. I mean, from the Daniel Bryan to the CM Punks to the El Genericos to the Kevin Steens to the Tyler Blacks. To the, I mean, everybody he's up against, he's just been killing it. I mean, you see what he did with Brock Lesnar, too. Great, great stuff. So um, I, I give Cena a lot of credit, man. He might have a real goofy, corny gimmick and all that, but that fucking guy shows up. So, uh, you know, and he carries the fucking torch for this that company, so. Let me see uh, if I got any messages or anything. Tell me what's going on. So, like I said, I'm guessing it's uh, his phone that died. Um, What can I tell you? Um, What else went on? Uh, They had the the Dudleys out. I I can't stand fucking Bubba Ray Dudley. So anytime he's out there wrestling, I I pretty much tune out. Uh, I, I, I do not like Bubba Ray. I think he's very over fucking rated. Um, what else? What else? What else? Everybody who listens to the show long term knows that this is like the hardest fucking thing for me. If I get stuck in a situation where I planned on talking to somebody, and then I got time to to waste, uh, it's it's the most difficult thing about doing a show solo too, because you don't uh you don't have another guy to bounce things off and take it in another direction or or chat up. Uh, you more or less just gotta spin plates. I've you know I've gotten decent at it over the years, but um it's very much my least favorite thing. So um let me see let me see if I got another uh, track or something to throw on and um and then we'll uh you know hopefully get back to this interview. So I'd definitely like to ask uh, Pondo some more things. Uh, let me see what the fuck's going on here. All right. Um, all right. Let me throw on the show on price track and then uh, see what happens. Yeah. You fucking on your head, bad motherfucker. Let's go. Army knife in my hand. Know this shit corny's been icking in the life of your fam. Niggas know Sean nice with the hands. Watch me punch up your face, dig in your pockets, leave you right where you stand. Got a dumb bitch that live in Japan. Black belt, suck dick, chop bricks with a hand. Arigato, Sean Price slick like El Gato. Three piece suit in the booth, ain't shit cute. Might smack off half your smile. Go to court with a suit, smack the other half after trial. Plead the fifth, y'all niggas better plead the eighth. Up. Now your knees is rape, I'm bugging. E-pills, mushrooms, and dust. Got that nigga Sean P in the mood to bust. Sean P, the motherfucking all-time great. New York, the NC, nigga, the all-round state. Run. Coast to coast, he travels the land. Let's put bricks and grains of sand. Oh, 
fucking gone as nice as me And if they is, they would have been Sean That's fucked up for you, you should have been on Grabbing the chin Drunk rappers need to grab up a pen Write some ill shit, nigga, and let the madness begin Rhyming for dough, no money, par, rhyming for dough No partners, just me, highlighting the show Niggas said I lost my image when I cut off my dreads But I'm the nicest nigga out, Duke Fuck what you said, let it be known Gold ring embedded with stone So when I punch you in the head, this shit will dead up your dome Niggas running up, asking about rock I send your ass to heaven, motherfucker Ask God about Pac, ask about big Motherfucker, ask about pun Gangsta rappers can't fight, so they rap about guns One. Asking if his phone died, which is kind of pointless because if the phone did die, then then there ain't shit he could tell me with his phone. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, kind of leaves me in a bad situation. But um, I guess you know, real quick, talk a little football. I um, obviously having a bad time with my team. Um, got the shit kicked out of us by the fucking Seahawks. Um, you know, it is what it is. There, man. Uh, uh, fucking offensive line is terrible. Can't get anything done. Um, Cap is just—he's just running scared at this point. And uh, you know, there, there's not a lot he could do as far as um, you know getting shit going. Um, Antoine Bethay, man, dude, I just got his jersey. I was wearing his fucking jersey for the first Horrell. He's out for the season. Um, Carlos Hyde has a fracture in his foot. Uh, he's playing through it and shit, but like that's a huge fucking blow to us. On top of it, um, you know, like I said, Cap has no confidence because his line's been breaking down. He's got nothing to protect him back there. And, you know, this is the thing. Like, I'm seeing a lot of fans shitting on the dude and, um, you know, really putting all the heat on him. But when it comes down to it, um, I mean, you can place blame where you want to. But, you know, if you – if you have pressure 75% of the time and you know that there's not a chance you're getting a ball off and you get, you, the defense is all over you 75% of the time, to expect a guy, the other 25% that he might have an opening to make a move, to expect a guy to just snap into focus and have complete field awareness and just be on point that 25% of the time that you're giving him a chance back there, I think is a little much to ask. Um, you know, you should you should get pressured twenty five percent of the time and have seventy five percent of the time to try to make plays and heads up moves and you know really scan the field and figure shit out. Um, if it becomes a seventy five percent negative situation, you know you're looking for this dude to pull miracles out of the few chances he gets, and that's where people start placing blame on him because he starts making bad throws, he starts making bad decisions. 
But, again, he, he's just consistently pressured back there. And we have the worst offensive line that we've had in years. Uh, you know, a lot of people are looking at it and going, look, his, his uh, production has declined over the years. Yeah, but you look at our fan, offensive line has declined over the fucking years. The, you know, when we went to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, our offensive line was a whole different crew of motherfuckers. So now when you're looking at all those guys are gone, and you're wondering why the fuck isn't Cap is good. Well, let's look at the offensive line. Um, you know, obviously he's making some bad decisions. I'm not saying that he's not. But um, I don't think that we should stake uh, his future with the team on this offensive line. If we end up taking a loss on this year, which is that's what it's looking like, man, we're getting shit kicked out of us. If um, – I, I wouldn't call this the end of Kaepernick in San Francisco. Now that I mean, that's just me. I have no obvious pull over um, decision making. You know, with the team, I'm just you know a dickhead fan like everybody else. But um, I, I would hate to see them ship him out and place blame on him because there's no matter who you put back there, if that offensive line looks the same, they're getting destroyed back there. If you think. Um, a guy like Cap, who's very, very mobile, if you think he's getting killed back there, go ahead and get a stand-in-the-pocket quarterback and see what happens with that offensive line. He, he's getting killed. I mean, it's, it's just going to happen. So, um, you know, we got a lot of shit to fix, but I, I don't put it solely on, on Kaepernick. Uh, as far as our defense, the secondary is really, really bad. Antoine Bate was um, very, very big for us at safety. I mean, there was times we couldn't get any pass rush, and we were running safety blitzes, and, and the only way that we were getting anybody behind the line was Bethay rushing from safety. So it's Bethay now off the field for the rest of the season. I mean, we got big fucking problems. I mean, you look at the amount of roster that we lost last year, you can't look at it and say it's Cap's fucking fault. It's crazy. But there is a lot of dissension going on right now. From what I'm hearing, there's big fucking problems between Vernon Davis and Kaepernick. And I can tell you that Vernon Davis has been, A, ineffective, and B, injured. So if you combine those two things and figure out what he's worth long-term for us, you need to cut bait with him, see what we can get, and move forward. I mean, it, it just is what it is. Our other two tight ends have been way more productive than he's been. So... You know, we play the Rams. The Rams always fucking play us tough. They have a very, very tough defensive line. Um, they're going to be all over Cap. If Cap's the one starting back there, they're going to be all over him. So we'll see what goes on again this weekend, 1 o'clock. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's going to be a long season for us. So, uh, you know, Dave mentioned big changes are coming and this and that. Might wait until the uh, – the bye week, which we have, we have uh, the Rams, then I think we have the Falcons, and then we have a bye week. So two weeks away from some big shit happening, I, I really hope it's not getting rid of Colin Kaepernick because I, I still think the dude has tremendous talent and just needs the right fucking team around him. He's got wide receiver options. He's definitely got some targets there, but he needs a line that's going to protect him. And, um, I mean, really – this offensive coordinator is brand new. This coach is brand new. So for them to come up with proper schemes and really get guys open out there, I, I think that's something that doesn't happen overnight. And if the offensive line can't give the guy a minute to actually operate, then the the, the coordinators and all those guys can't get anything going as far as a, a system that's going to start working. When we're running things, through, running things through Carlos Hyde, things started to open up. 
but again, you can't put it all on one guy's shoulders. So, uh, still haven't heard from Bondo. Um, all right, so so what games do we got going this week? We got uh, Dolphins and the Patriots. If I had to, I honestly think this is going to be the Patriots' first loss. The Dolphins got a new coach, and they seem like they're just completely re-energized and on fire since then. Uh, they they have been a whole new fucking team since they got a new coach, and um, I, I think they're going to hand the Patriots their first loss. Uh, I really do. Um, Rams Niners again. I don't know, man. The Rams are fucking three and three. We're two and five. Um, the Rams are going to put pressure on us. I'm always expecting my guys to come out and try something different than they did last week. So. On, on those hopes and just being a Niner guy, uh, I got to say uh, my guys are going to do something different and, and pull out a win. But, you know, the likelihood of that is slim. So most likely we're going to see another rough one out there because the Rams defense is going to get at us. And uh, we got to either have op, um, some kind of answer for it on offense, which we've had a hard time pulling an answer up on offense. So I don't know about that. Um, Lions and the Chiefs. Man, the Lions are one and six. The Chiefs are two and five. I, I gotta go with the Chiefs on this one. Uh, Bucks and Falcons. The Falcons are sitting with just one loss. They're pretty good last week, and then they pulled out the the loss last minute. Got to go with the Falcons on this one too. Uh, Giants Saints. This is actually gonna be a tough one because you got the Giants at four and three, and the Saints at three and four. And uh, they they um the Giants are looking better. Saints seem to be looking better as well. Um, I tend to think the Saints are going to pull this one off, but I don't. I don't know, man. The Giants have had somewhat of an upswing lately, but um, I, you know, having to pick, I'm going the Saints. Vikings, Bears, Bears are two and four. Vikings are four and two. I'm going to go with the Vikings on this one. It's crazy too when you see a team that's four and two, and you know one of their two losses is your guys, and you only have two wins. It's I mean, it showed you at some point we did have something. Uh, Chargers are two and five. Ravens are one and six. I'm going with the Chargers, man. Um, fucking Phillip Rivers put up 500 yards two weeks ago and lost the game. I, I gotta figure if this guy's that kind of got that kind of firepower, he's gonna click. He's gonna get some wins out of this season. Um, you know, if your defense can't answer on the other side of the ball and uh, team to, you know, stay in the game with 500 yards passing. I don't know, man. Fucking crazy. But um, so I'm going to go with the Chargers there. Uh, Bengals still undefeated up against the Steelers. I'm going to go with those undefeated Bengals up against the uh, the rival Steelers over there. Uh, Titans-Texans. Uh, Titans are 1-5. Texans are 2-5. I'm going with the Titans on this one. I, I really think the Texans are one of the worst teams in the league. They had all that firepower as far as new defensive things going on with Clowney and Watt and um, who's that other guy? Fuck oh, man, uh, Will Fork. I, I just don't think it's it's working out. And their offense is absolute garbage. They were without Arian Foster for a while. They got him back. He's out for the season now. So the the Texans are are fucked pretty much. Uh, they, they caught one of their two quarterbacks that they've been uh, teetering who they were going to use, who they're going to stay with. The guy wasn't making flights to go uh, 
go get the game. Yeah, he wasn't making flights with the team, so they they got rid of him. Uh, Castle, I think, and um, so he he's out of there. Is it Castle? I don't know. Uh, maybe it's not Castle, but uh, you know, one of their two quarterbacks. They got rid of him, and um, Mallet, I think that's his name. Uh, they got rid of him anyway. That team is fucked. I think the Titans uh, pull a win on this one. Uh, Jets Raiders. Jets are four and two. Raiders are three and three. The Raiders have been looking pretty good. I'm gonna give this one to the Raiders. Seahawks Cowboys. Uh, I think, man, I really think the Seahawks are overrated, as uh, usual. I, I don't think the Cowboys are rated very high either, but um. Minus those big injuries that they have, I don't think the Cowboys are a bad team. Uh, I'm not really sure when Romo gets uh, back in there. I'm pretty sure he's out for a while. And uh, Des Bryant, not really sure when he's back either. But um, I obviously just like to go up against the, uh, against the Seahawks, so I'm going to go with the, the Cowboys on this one. Um I think there was a lot that we could have done and fuck around and won that game because, you know, we were playing like absolute garbage and it was still within reach for at least half of that game. You know, that if we were able to put up points, they'd have a hard time keeping us out of the game. But uh, we weren't able to put up points. Um, the Packers and Broncos. Packers undefeated. Um I'm definitely going to go with the uh, the Packers again on this one. The the Broncos, I don't know, man. Peyton Manning has looked pretty fucking rough this year. I uh, I don't know. They they've found a way to win, but uh, I don't know. Peyton is he, he's throwing a lot of picks. He's looked pretty rough. I'm definitely going to go with him on uh, on uh, the fantasy side of things this week because uh, you know my options are him or Cap. And, um, fuck, man, uh, I got to go with Peyton. But, yeah, they uh, they have a lot of holes in that team. Uh, and then you got the uh, the Colts and Panthers. And the Panthers are still on fire. Cam Newton's looking great back there. Uh, the Colts just look too, too shady this year. I think the Panthers stay undefeated at home. And um, Monday Night Football, they, they go ahead and win that game, too, against the Colts. So, like I said, again, I, I don't know uh, what I could really do. Like I said, Pondo, um, um, if I had to guess, I'd say his phone probably died, which leaves it impossible for him to answer me back in, in any way, shape, or form. So, you know, I mean, things happen. And, um, you know, hopefully I'm able to get him back on. If not, I'm sure we could uh, line up something in the future, hopefully get him back on the show that way. Unfortunately, it makes it a little difficult on me for tonight. But uh, what can you do, you know? Uh, So another thing I wanted to talk about, um, this GoFundMe thing has happened again. There is a chick, Barbie Hayden, her name is. Um, She, uh, you know, she had this GoFundMe thing and... uh, it's, uh, you know, just continuing the, the trend of uh, everyone with a goddamn GoFundMe. She supposedly wanted to continue her dream of being a wrestler 
and um, so so she was begging for money. Um, I'm trying to search it now on the fly, uh, kind of rough. You know what? Let me, because uh, I have a track that I want to play specifically for that, and uh, I might as well uh, play the track and then and then I'll come back and I'll talk about it after that. Let me let me. Uh, and this isn't just for her. I mean, she's catching a lot of heat off of this, but deservingly so. And, and it really goes for all these people with their fucking GoFundMe's. And it's like, there, there's a real, real simple solution to a lot of this shit. And uh take it back to an old track. Get a job. Get a job for me, you won't rock it. Get a job. Get a job for me, you won't rock it. Get a job. Get a job for me, you won't rock it. Get a job. Get a job for me, you won't rock it. Get a job. Get a job for me, you won't rock it. Get a job.
so that's that's more or less my thoughts on the situation. Uh, I, you know, she put up this thing, and it says chasing my dreams, and you know, it's saying this whole thing, or she decided that she's gonna move across the country to better her chances. She set a moving date, and uh, she uh, she decided to quit her job and move to fucking move to Florida just so she can she can have a better shot at NXT because uh, I guess she thinks that if she lived closer to the motherfucker they're gonna hire her. I mean they're they're hiring people from all over the fucking place. Uh you know, Prince Devitt didn't live any fucking where near Florida and uh they hired his ass. So I don't understand where she gets this logic from. But um just like a lot of people they get this fucking crazy entitlement. They take advantage of the fans because these fans, you know, a lot of these fans out here, man, they'll do any fucking thing to try to help people out, you know, better entertain them and shit. And it's really just taking advantage of them to, you know, do this type of thing. Um, they, you know, she's chasing her dream and she needs money in order to, you know, she wanted fucking uh, something like, like three three grand or something she wants. She is up to $1,065. Raised by 17 fucking people. But, you know, the thing that bothers me the most is when it comes down to people who are legit and and legitimate things that, that matter. And, you know, it's because I keep bringing it up because it's something that, you know, I, I definitely care about and, you know, something that that's very fucking real, man. And that's Fat Frank's family. Um, you know, he was one half of their income in that household. And, you know, probably more so than that, you know. And, um, you know, because he worked fucking long, hard fucking hours. That dude worked constantly. So, you know, that the, the amount of income that he was bringing into the house was probably more than half. So, when you cut that out completely... And and that family just has to live now, you know, without the father, head of the household, um, you know, his wife, without her husband. I mean, it, it's such a sudden, devastating, shocking blow to, to a family. I mean, you can't even imagine, can't even imagine what that shit must be like. When you look at this, this broad here has raised more money in half the fucking time for her little fucking pipe dream that she's going to go move up the street from fucking NXT, and next thing you know, she's going to be on WWE TV. It's fucking, it's, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Instead of having some kind of work ethic and saving her motherfucking money and then taking her shit that she saved and go the fuck out there and taking a chance, but rather than that, no, no, no time like the present, just going to go ahead and quit and then beg for the fucking money I don't have. That that shit's despicable, absolutely despicable, and and she has no business being in the fucking in the wrestling business. She's gonna be about begging, you know. I posted the the other day when I was uh, talking about this on Facebook. How long is it gonna be before some of these GoFundMe athletes just bring out an empty guitar case and put that shit at ringside, take donations while they're out there in the ring? You know, do it. Yeah, do a spot, and, and then you just point at the guitar case like, ah, ah, you like that? There's more of that where it came, where that came from. Yeah, I could, I could do another backflip. I could just see like someone like Teddy Hart and shit, you know, doing his fucking moonsaults for no reason. 
doing a fucking big backflip point at the thing like you want another moonsault? Yeah, a couple. Throw a dollar in the box. Got another moonsault where that came from. You know, it's just fucking ridiculous. Like, you know, and the thing is with all these GoFundMes is, look, no one's no one's dumb enough to think that, hey, indie wrestlers are rich and this and that. But there's some kind of persona that you should be putting out there. You know, when you come out as a wrestler, the majority of wrestlers have some kind of, um, you know, a gimmick that, that surrounds some form of arrogance. You know, you put yourself on some kind of pedestal where you're going to come out. It's a competitive, you know, uh, the storylines that they run is that it's competitive. So by storyline, you should be wanting to be better than your opponent, right? Like, you know, and and that goes obviously physically better, but, you know, a lot of times you cut promos on how you're just overall a better person or you're more successful or you're more this, or you're more that. So when you try to put that persona out there, but you've been literally begging the fans for money, all leading up to this show where you walk out of that curtain, you kind of destroy every bit of that persona that you might be walking out with. Don't you think? Uh, don't you think that that kind of destroys, like, any character that you might even be trying to portray? You know, like, what kind of fancy shit are you going to come out there dressed in knowing that motherfuckers paid for, you know, whether it be that outfit or, or whatever the case is? It just It just looks tacky as shit to be begging fans for uh, for money, you know? So I, I don't know. I, I just don't respect that, and I don't respect people who, who donate to bullshit like that. I just don't. I, if you're the type of dude, there's someone, and I don't know, like, uh, I mean, that, that could have been, you know, that could have been family. I, I only hope that it's family. I think someone donated, like, $400 to that shit. And and I hope that's someone they're related to because if it's not, if it's some random dude that thinks this is gonna get him closer to some pussy, then then it's just fucking deplorable. I I just I have no respect for people like that in life that just go out of their way to put fucking hundreds of dollars in someone's pocket for no fucking reason. I mean, there there are so many legit good fucking charities out there, including like, hey man, I work at a fucking animal shelter and we run off donations. And, you know, I don't, I don't run around. I don't use this show to try to, you know, raise anything for that because I try to keep my leisurely things separated from, you know, what my job is. You know, what I mean, I, I don't combine business with pleasure that way. But you know, things like that. To me, you know, homeless animals, homeless kids. I mean, uh, you know, diseases. Uh, you know, veterans that come back from fucking war and don't have anywhere to go. I mean, there's millions of charities out there that are legit and on the up and up and can really, really use help. But when that charity goes to people who just don't feel like getting a fucking job, and and just like imagine just just going like I like this is for wrestling this this broad. She just wants to fucking relocate and be kind of set up with, like, her first month's rent or whatever the case is to go get herself set up in a new place. But imagine, like, anyone just going, hey, man, you know what? I feel like moving to Cali. So um, if you guys could just uh, – I'm going to take up a cherry. If you guys could just, uh, you know, pay my first month's rent, you know, and uh, help me out with that, 
then I, you know, maybe I could uh, get this rolling a little easier. And and that's, you know, I made the, the comparison, too, when I was talking about the gauge thing. Imagine just asking your fucking friends. I mean, these are people you don't really know, and you're asking them for money to pay for shit. That, that's your fucking problem. So imagine just asking your friends, hey, you know, I'm moving. If you guys could all chip in and pay my first month's rent, that shit would sound retarded. Nobody would be down with that. They wouldn't think you're a good person at all asking them to pay your fucking rent. Or asking, hey, I'm going to need some money to go out there and this and that. I mean, if they throw you a going away party, that's their deal. But not like a fucking, hey, we're going to fundraise for my friends so that way when they move, they could just, you know, take their time getting a new job because we'll just pay for them to, you know, live this way. It's just wild. I mean, the whole mentality. It's just completely fucking wild to, to even uh, operate that way. So uh, that that's that shit. Um, I wish her nothing but failure. Um, you know, I, I'm just not, you know, when it comes down to people that treat shit like that and have no work ethic and no um, no willingness to actually earn shit in life, I just, I don't have respect for them. I don't want them to succeed. I don't have to fucking want everybody to succeed. For what? Not everybody is fucking awesome. <laughs> and a lot of people put out their uh, their business, and then you, you get a quick fucking gauge on how not awesome they are. And this is one of those fucking people. I never heard of this chick before. She lists off all her accomplishments and all this and all that. And if she was any of those fucking things that actually meant something, the WWE would be moving her the fuck out there. Not not some fucking fans. Fucking ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, I think that's about all I got, man. I, uh, I've spun plates for a minute now, and, um... I'm like I said, I'm only guessing that Pondo's phone died. I sent him a message asking him if his phone died, which is just the most pointless thing in the world because uh, if his phone died, he can't answer me. Um, so uh, I'm going to try to reschedule Pondo. Hopefully, you know, within the next couple of weeks. I got JT done next week. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I got, guys. Uh, I apologize. I mean, it's there was really nothing I could have done about it, but um, oh yeah, all right. So um, let me see. What else? Is there anything else I can cover? I really don't fucking think so. I think that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll just leave it at that. Let me see. And my fucking outro. Shit happens, you know. Try to get the shit together and uh just, just didn't work out. So uh such such is uh such is life sometimes. Alright, uh let me see. Uh shout out to Andrew, you know, Stern Nation doing his thing over there. Uh, shout out to the Sports Den. Go check them out. Uh, talking all sorts of baseball and hockey and all the all the sports over there. Uh, football, basketball starting up. Um, 
And, uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. So uh, I'm just going to take this out of here. And uh, like I said, I apologize again. What can I do? You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You know why? You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you? Good? You're not good. You just know how to hide. How to lie. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth. Even when I lie. So say goodnight to the bad guy. Come on, tell you something straight off the motherfucking breath. I ain't coming for no fools. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.